Um, anyways, I'm going to give you the announcements this morning, and uh, there, there's not a lot. Just if you're new with us, then we're really glad that you're here, and we'd love for you to fill out a connection card. Just go to wardenfulgospel.com connect, and uh, we'd love to get to know you and help you get connected. We also want to thank you for your faithful giving. And uh, if you would like to give and you're here in person, there are giving boxes on your way out at different parts of the building to inside here. Three, actually. You can just slip your offering envelopes in there, or you can give online as well. It's a safe and secure way to give. Uh, if you're a youth and would like to go to youth camp, the registration is now um, open, so make sure you uh, you register for that. If you need information, you can ask Pastor Orlando. Also, if you would like to help sponsor a youth to go to youth camp, then um, just write on your envelope, your offering envelope, uh, youth camp sponsorship, and we'll make sure that that goes to sponsor a youth as well. Um, I also wanted to say a big happy birthday to Suji Sapoya. She's here with us today, and she is 91 years old. Why don't you give her a hand? God bless you, Suji. We love you. She's been a part of our church for so many years, and she just has an incredible testimony of how God has changed her life and how he's blessed her. And we just pray continued blessing upon you, that you'll have all the health and strength. So if you see her before you leave today, make sure you say happy birthday to her, okay? <laughs> all right, well, we're going to get started. And I'd like to start by telling you a story. It's about a young soldier and his commanding officer. They got on a train together. The only available seats were across from a very attractive young lady who was traveling with her grandmother. As the four engaged in conversation, the soldier and the young lady kept eyeing one another. There was an obvious mutual attraction between the two of them. Suddenly, the train went into a tunnel, sending the train car into total darkness. Immediately, two sounds were heard. The smack of a kiss, followed by the whack of a slap across someone's face. Well, the grandmother thought, I can't believe he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad she gave him that slap that he deserved. The commanding officer thought, I don't blame the boy for kissing the girl, but it's a shame that she missed him and hit me instead. The young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, but I wish my grandmother hadn't slapped him for doing it. As the train broke into the sunlight, the soldier, he couldn't help but smile. He had managed to kiss a pretty girl and slap his commanding officer and get away with both of it. <laughs> What's the point? Well, it's hard to get away with anything in the light. That's why so many people love darkness. John 3.19 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. We are in part three of our inspired series. And this morning, I'm praying that you are going to be inspired to let your light shine. I want to talk about the light and about reflecting that light. But if we're going to talk about light, we first of all need to talk about darkness. Over 200 times in the Bible it talks about darkness and it describes darkness as the absence of light. 
Now, a number of years ago, probably 10 years ago now, I went on a missions trip to Iqaluit in Nunavut. Now, Iqaluit is a very dark place, and it's not just because sometimes of the year it's, it's almost dark for 24 hours a day, but it's also because of some of the problems that community faces. There is darkness. Now, on that missions trip, we taught a, um, a curriculum called Light Up Canada in one of the middle schools. One of the questions that we asked the children was, have you ever heard the statement, this world is a dark place? And they answered by saying, yes, we've heard that before. And then we asked, what does it mean that the world is a dark place? they would say things like, oh, it means that bad things happened in the world. Someone said, oh, it means that there's evil in the world. And then we asked, what are some things that make the world a dark place? And their answers, it broke my heart because I knew that some of them may be experiencing some of these very things in their own lives. They think, said things like abuse, rape, hate, war, bullying, drug addiction, alcoholism, murder, and all sorts of pain. So how about you? Would you agree that this world is a dark place? I would, and lately I've witnessed so much pain in people's individual lives as well as in the world as a whole. It's like I feel like I've been made so much more aware of the darkness lately. People are in desperate need of light, and as God's children, we're called to be that light. Matthew 5, 4-16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. I was talking to someone just the other day and they mentioned just how much they were missing Pastor Warner. And I said, "Yes, I totally understand. It's no trouble to miss him. He had such a big presence. You know, I was thinking about that as I was preparing this message. And I thought, the reason he had a big presence wasn't because he was so tall. It was because he let his light shine. He shines so brightly. And now we're missing that light. But you know, as Jesus' followers... We're all supposed to shine. We're all supposed to have a big presence. But how does that happen? Well, I want us to look at another portion of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles with me, you can turn to 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 5 to 10. Again, that's 1 John 1, 5 to 10. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Let's just pause for a moment and pray. God, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that it teaches us, it guides us. And God, I pray as we look into your word today that you would inspire us, Lord. Inspire us to be more like you, to let our light shine in the darkness, God. Pray for each person here that you would give us open hearts and ears to listen. And God, help me as I speak, God, to say what you would have me to say, Lord. I just thank you that you love us so much and that we can come to you. God, I just ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me give you a little bit of background to this passage that we just read. There were some people in the church who were spreading lies about the nature of sin and how a believer should deal with sin. Some said that they uh, were above sin and that they no longer sinned. Still others said it didn't matter. And the third group said that they didn't have a sin nature anymore. Well, John refuted all three and calls us to seriously deal with our sin. And he does that by addressing the nature of God as light and then calls us to walk in that light. When we walk in the light, we're going to shine. This passage we just read tells us what that means to walk in the light. And the first thing we see is that to walk in the light means that we need to stay connected to the light source. A person from a remote village visited a large modern city for the first time. He was amazed by the electrical lights everywhere. So he bought sacks of bulbs and sockets and switches and he went back to his village and so he hung them on front of houses and on the trees. Everyone watched him with curiosity and asked what he was doing and he told them, just wait and watch. When night came, he turned on the switches. But guess what? Nothing happened. You see, no one told him about our electricity. And we're just like him if we try to shine our light without staying connected to the source. It just won't work. You and I don't have light for ourselves any more than the moon has light without the sun or a light bulb has light without connecting to the power source. So who is the true source of light? Well, the Bible tells us in John 8, 12, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus, God's Son, is the source of light. Philip Yancey, he tells a story of how Dr. Paul Brand was speaking to a medical college in India on Matthew 5, 14 to 16, that passage, let your light so shine before men that they'll behold your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, in front of the podium, there was an oil lamp with a cotton wick burning from a shallow dish of oil, with uh, oil in it. Well, the wick burned dry and the smoke came up and made him cough. He immediately used the opportunity. He said, some of us here are like this wick. We're trying to shine for the glory of God, but we stink. And that's what happens when we use ourselves as the fuel of our witness rather than the Holy Spirit. Wicks can last indefinitely. 
burning brightly and without irritating smoke, if it's fuel, the Holy Spirit is in a constant supply. If we're going to shine, we need to stay connected to him. Now, the first time I ever saw solar lights was many, many years ago. My dad had put them at the cottage, and we didn't have any electricity there, so I, I couldn't understand how they were working. So I asked my dad, like, how are these lights working? And he said, well, Connie, they're solar lights. The sun shines on them in the day, and then when it's dark, they shine. And in the same way, the only way we can shine is if we spend time in the light, in the presence of the sun. And the sun meaning God's son, Jesus. We need to spend time in his presence in order to shine. And the more time you spend with someone in their presence, the more you become like that person. I've heard it said that husbands and wives start to look alike after many years of marriage. You heard that? How many of you hope that's not true? <laughs> The good news is, the more time we spend with God in his presence, beholding his glory, the more we become like him, the more we too will shine. Now the second thing we need to do if we're going to let our light shine is to expose the darkness. You see, walking in the light means that we expose the darkness in our own lives. Think about it. What happens when you turn on a light in a messy room? If it's really bad, you could see some bugs scurry away from the light, but you'll definitely see the clutter and the dirt and the mess. And God is light, and when he gets involved in our lives, he shows us things that we might prefer not to look at, things that we have hidden, maybe even things about ourselves that we don't know. We don't want to deal with our faults and our sins, and we certainly don't like having them exposed. But the truth is, anything hidden in the dark has power over us. Let me say that again. Anything hidden in the dark has power over us. And the best, most freeing thing we can do is face up to what God wants to expose and let the light of God shine on your hidden and dark places. He knows about it anyways, and he wants to bring freedom. And that's done through confession of sin. Verse 9 tells us to confess our sins to God. Now, I used to tell the kids in kids' church that confession is real simple. It's just telling on yourself to God. Tell him what you did wrong. Tell him that you're sorry and ask him to help you not to do it again. And as, as believers, confession can only bring us closer in our relationship with God. We need to be honest with God. And when we sin, we need to let his light shine on our lives. We must deal with that sin and confess it. But then we need to let it go. Now, sometimes instead of letting go of that sin, we hold on to it. And we feel like we have to punish ourselves. We don't feel like we deserve to be forgiven. But I want to tell you, don't continue to punish yourself living with guilt for sin you've already confessed and dealt with. Jesus already took the punishment for that sin. And we can't shine brightly when we're carrying around a load of guilt and condemnation and regret. Jesus promises that we will be cleansed. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And then Romans 8 
one, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, we don't need to live our lives feeling terrible about ourselves. I, I read a story about a man who was grieving over some past failures and feeling guilty and bad. He received a letter from a friend who told him how she and her granddaughter had been watching a plane skywrite. The little girl was puzzled when the words began to disappear. And suddenly she piped up and said, well, maybe Jesus has an eraser. Now, in her innocence and her wisdom, he, she re, he realized that, that just like the skywriting disappears, Jesus wipes away all of those things that he had bitterly regretted. And he found freedom in that. You know, no matter how though mature we become as Christians, memories of our own failures can rise up and haunt us. But God has forgiven us and he does have an eraser and he can wipe those things away. We need to know that so that we can let those things go and walk in the light and shine more brightly. The third thing that we see in this passage that we need to do is live authentically. Walking in the light means living authentically. Verse 8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We need to be real before God and before others. That's so very important because that enables us to have true friendship with God and with other people. It means that we can have deep genuine friendships, honest communication, and even good times with each other. You see, true friendship requires honesty, openness, approachability, and vulnerability. And that could be difficult because at some point, each one of us has probably experienced emotional pain from a relationship. Maybe you've been let down stabbed in the back or maybe even abused. And as a result, what happens, many people turn to a mask as a defense mechanism. We'd rather be alone than to face the possibility of being hurt again. So we pretend to be someone that we're not. We might even lie in order to avoid conflict or, or rejection. But in order for us to shine, we need to take off the mask. We need to get real about who we are and be ourselves. Don't try to be someone or something that you're not. Trying to be something that you are not dims the light that God has given you. There's a line in the movie, What a Girl Wants, that I really like. The guy says to the girl, why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? <laughs> I like that. See, we were all created by God to stand out to shine in our own unique way. We've all got different gifts and abilities and experiences. I can't be you. You can't be me. We just need to be ourselves and we need to stop trying to impress everyone so much. You know, in the book Messy Spirituality, the author says how for a period of time, he says, we were lucky to have a housekeeper. She would come in once a week to dust, vacuum, and clean every out-of-the-way corner of our house. I dreaded the day she came because my wife and I would spend all morning cleaning the house for the housekeeper. We didn't want the house to be dirty or what would the housekeeper think? <laughs> I, I laughed at that because I thought that's what we do sometimes. We try so hard to give the impression that we have it all together when in reality 
We're all just a mess. <laughs> the good news is you don't have to be perfect to shine, but you do need to be real. Be true to yourself. Be real. And you'll begin to shine more brightly. But when we make the choice to walk in the light and let our light shine, we'll see some great things happening. So what happens when we do shine? Well, one thing is light serves as a guide. And when we shine, we guide others to the truth about Jesus. When you turn on a light, it's not so that you can stare at the light. Light shines so that other things can be seen because of the light. And our light shines not so that people will see us, but so that they will see Jesus Christ. Another thing that happens when we begin to shine brightly is light dispels the darkness. Robert Louis Stevenson, author of the book Treasure Island, said that when he was a young child, one evening he was looking out the front window of his house, and he was fascinated by a lamplighter coming down his street. He was lighting those old-fashioned gas street lamps, and he called to his nana, and he said, Nana, come quickly. There's a man coming down the street punching holes in the darkness. You know, when we shine, our light punches holes in the darkness of this world. Uh, maybe you can relate to this young lady, this young girl who went and she talked with her pastor about the difficulty she was having in her workplace. She said, I can't stick it out any longer. I'm the only Christian in the factory where I work. I, can, I get nothing but taunts and snares, and it's more than I can stand. I'm going to resign. Will you tell me, asked the minister, where lights are placed? What has that to do with anything, she bluntly asked. Never mind, the pastor replied, just answer my question. Where are lights placed? I suppose in dark places, she replied. Yes, and that's why you've been placed in that factory where there is so much spiritual darkness and where there are no other Christians to shine for the Lord. The young Christian realized for the first time the opportunity that was hers. She felt she couldn't fail God by allowing her light to go out. So she went back to that factory with renewed determination to let her light shine in that dark corner. Before long, she was the means of leading nine other people to the light. There's a real battle going on between light and darkness between good and evil and if we don't let our light shine the darkness is going to win out in people's lives now we have this light in our kitchen it's nice and it looks modern and holds four bulbs but the problem was as soon as we would replace a bulb it would blow again and we just had to keep replacing bulbs after bulb and you know I think we're a lot like that light sometimes we blow it. <laughs> we sin. And sometimes we sin over and over and it causes our light to go out. And when it does, when we do, we have to deal with it. Uh, John, he was tired of replacing the bulbs, so he bought this one very expensive LED light that had like a three-year warranty, and he put it in one of the sockets and just to see if that would work. And it did, but the problem was that light shone so much more brightly than the other three. Eventually, you placed them all, but that one light for a while just shone so much brighter. And I think as Christians, we too shine differently, depending on how much we walk in the light. 
Now this is a time in our world where we need to shine brightly. And I believe God is asking us as individuals and as a church to let our light shine, to dispel the darkness that is all around us. Well, some of you maybe are here or listening online today and you're living in darkness. You've not accepted Jesus as your Savior and you don't understand that your life doesn't have to be that way. There is a light that gives life and it is available to you and to me. I'm going to read John 8:12 again. It says that Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, to walk in the light this morning, I'd love to meet you and pray with you, to rejoice with you and help you on your journey. If you're online, please let us know. Fill out a connection card or click the button that says, I accept Christ, and we'd love to help you on that journey. Most of us here have already done that. We've made that decision. We're walking in the light. We've accepted Jesus as our Savior. But maybe you're feeling disconnected from God lately, and you would say, I need to spend some time connecting to the power source. I need to spend some time in God's presence so that I can shine more brightly. Or maybe you have some sin in your life that you're dealing with that you need to confess to God. Or maybe you've done that already. You've confessed that sin. You've dealt with it. But you're still living with the guilt and the condemnation and the shame. And you need to let that go this morning. Or perhaps you've been living with a mask. You've been just keeping up appearances and you just need to get real and be yourself. Wherever you're at this morning, God is here. He wants to help you. He wants to change you. He wants to make you shine more brightly than ever before. Uh, we're going to end our time together this morning with communion. And as we go before the Lord's table, as we eat the bread and as we drink the cup, I want you to consider this time some of the most important time that you're going to spend all week. This is a time when we reflect on Jesus and what he did on the cross. This is a time where we can connect to the light source, where we can connect to Jesus and be in his presence. We can let his light shine into our hearts. And I, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves when we come before the Lord's table. So I would encourage you to let the light shine into your heart today. Let him expose anything that needs to be brought into the open. Because as I said before, anything hidden in the dark has power over you. So confess it to him today. Receive his forgiveness and then allow him to give you the freedom to let it go. Jesus took the punishment for that sin already. You don't need to punish yourself. So give him your guilt. Give him your shame and begin to shine more brightly. Um, I'm going to be reading this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 26. If you would stand with me, please, if you're able. It says, For I received from the Lord what also I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. God, we thank you for your broken body. Thank you, Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink from the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just spend some time in his presence this morning. Let his light shine into your heart. We need to be in God's presence so desperately. We need the Holy Spirit to be the fuel in our lives. So God, we come to you this morning, recognizing our great need for you. We thank you that you died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Lord, I pray that for those who are still feeling guilt and shame for sin that they've confessed and dealt with over the years, God, I pray that you would set them free from that, Lord. That they would feel and understand and know your forgiveness in a powerful way, more than they ever have before. God, I just pray for those who are hurting today. Those who are in workplaces and situations and even families where there's so much darkness that they're finding it hard, God. Help them to understand and realize that you have placed them there to shine. So God, give them the strength and the power in their lives to shine brightly when things just seem so dark around them, God. Lord, I just pray for those as well that might be suffering physically, Lord. There are so many I know of that are, are not well, some in hospital, God. I pray that you would touch them. So by your wounds we are healed, your stripes we are healed, God. And I just pray that you would touch and heal those who need a healing touch from you today. God, we thank you that we are not alone and we don't have to fight the darkness on our own, God. You empower us. You give us the power to, to fight the, the darkness that we come against, God. So, Lord, I pray you would just inspire us and encourage us to spend more time with you. Lord, we just give it all to you today and ask that you would help us to be more like you. And I thank you and I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him together this morning. Just really focus on God and who he is.